Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Caramel. With us uh, once again is, uh, well, one of my favorite comedians, uh, Jackie the Joke Man Martling, who has a new. Um, documentary out that we're going to talk about if you don't know jackie is well he may be according to his own pr one of the last great joke storytellers uh he was the uh head writer for the uh very famously the head writer for uh the howard stone show for 15 years even more infamous when he left it uh well talk about that and this feature documentary we learned jackie's improbable story from the fledgling days of comedy on long island through his time as one of the beatles of radio you're gonna have to explain that one to me to his success as an author and actor among the people in the uh, uh documentary which is streaming everywhere wherever fine streaming products are sold you can see willie nelson penn gillette billy west Artie lang mark cuban sean young a fellow kentuckian and a bunch of former Stern Show staffers as they take us uh, on the trip through uh, Jackie's mind. <laughs> so, Jackie, it's a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> I would like to first uh, state that I did not write that. Uh, so <laughs> I, I do not. I do not. I probably would have made it even more flowery, but this way I can say I didn't. That's, the there Beatles, you go. I actually coined the Beatles of radio and the guys on the show made fun of me. <clears throat> because Howard never saw it as the Beatles. He always saw it as, uh, you know, he was Mick Jagger and the rest of the Rolling Stones fell off the stage. Oh. But then then it caught on and the whole world started referring to us, uh, to the Beatles of radio because it was four magic people at a magic time doing magic stuff. And it was uh, it, it wasn't even an egotistical thing. I mean, it was just I hate to say it, but it was fact. And uh, it was great, great, great fun. And the documentary's fun. And that's all it's meant to be, you know. Yeah, and we're, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to do our <clears throat> usual thing, take a quick break so we can sell the product. We'll be right back. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content, not released anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast. Hi, we are back. It is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kerman. With me is Jackie the Joke Man Martling who has a brand new uh, documentary out. We want to talk all about that. First of all, Jackie, I, we alluded to it before the break. The the Beatles of com of of radio. That's so you're referring to the uh, the Stern Show. That would be uh, Howard, and then Robin, and then me, and then Fred. Oh, me and Fred was... interchangeable, whichever uh, whichever order you want to put them. And then of course it was Gary was like, uh, you know, uh, who, who was uh, Billy Preston? 
you know, in yeah. the Beatles. You know, he, he came, and, in. but he be, he became much more prominent, and yeah, and Stuttering John and Grillo, and but the whole gang and Billy West, of course, was huge, but um, but the main gang was Howard, Robin, me, and Fred for a long, long time, and uh, it was is a pretty unique group and some very, you know. Brian, I got fans that write to me. I, I, I've been off the show since 2001. And I get fan letters from people that weren't born when I left the show. They're like 22 wow. years old and they learn about the show. And then they find out about the old shows from the 90s on YouTube. The greatest compliment I ever got, a guy wrote to me and said, Jackie, I'm from Toronto, Canada. And I started listening to the Howard Stern Show in 2007. And it instantly became my favorite thing. I couldn't believe how much I loved it. And then I discovered the old shows on YouTube and all over the web. And he said, you know, it was like having a brand new favorite band. Wow. And then, fi and then finding out that their earlier albums were much better. <laughs> I, I couldn't even write that kind of hype for myself. You know, that was well, just I'm telling you. Tough like, room, you know. Hey, it's not, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. And that was an ugly <laughs> child too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to tie a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one is. Uh, I got lost. I went to the police. I said, hey, can you help me find my parents? They go, I don't know, kid. There's so many places they could hide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you look over my shoulder here, there's this Rodney doll. Yeah, It's about two, two feet tall. And you push the button and he tells two or three jokes. And it's just the most phenomenal, obnoxious <laughs> thing. But I never sat there and went through the whole thing. And there was a whole thing on the Stern Show about how Rodney used some of my jokes that he didn't pay for. But it wasn't because he was any kind of a scoundrel. He just, you know, he's drunk and coked up. He's, he, he, you know, <laughs> bookkeeping wasn't a strong suit. And all of a sudden somebody hit the button the other day. And I heard a joke that I wrote that he never paid me for. He said, here's a proof of the pudding. It must have been from the from the movie. Uh, what was it called? Uh, was it Easy Money when he went back to school? Back to school. No, called, <laughs> called back to school. He said, yeah, I was an unpopular kid. I shared lockers with a mop. <laughs> it's a great film so innocent you know but great fun great 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 fun so tell <laughs> tell me about the documentary what's it about and and, and why'd you make it now uh a couple of guys started it a long time ago a friend of mine did a short one 15 years ago and ian carr who's ika collective.com or ika collective limited or whatever is one of those llc qrstuvw whatever it is <clears throat> he was my there you go he was my radio partner we had a show on uh the stern network on howard 101 for eight years called jackie's joke cunt <laughs> <laughs> and he was my he was my uh partner and he has a production company a very successful one he said you know i really want to do I want to do the documentary because the last guys made it all about me leaving and how stupid I was to leave the show. And he said, that's not your story is that you're a joke teller and a storyteller. And, you know, you took 15 years off to get rich and famous on the Stern show, but your love is telling jokes. And I said, well, that happens. You know, let's not let the truth get in the way of any fun. But that actually was the truth. And so we started doing it, but it took forever and ever and ever. Something really funny. Uh. We wanted to get Artie Lang in it because me and Artie, you know, people 
oh, it's great you and Artie still get along. There was never any animosity. Artie started on the show like six or seven months after I was long gone. There was no crossover, and I knew him right. for years. But we wanted to get him in the documentary, and it's so slow getting people and trying to line him up and, you know, do interviews. And he wound up getting in trouble, going in the hospital, going into jail, going into rehab and all that. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, we're not going to have him. But then <laughs> things went so slow, and then the pandemic hit, and everything was such a mess. He cleaned up, he got out of the hospital, got out of jail, and we wound up interviewing him for the movie. And he's one of the best things in the movie. So the fact <laughs> that it took so long, you know, was fine. So it was, it was a long time coming. And, 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 you know, it's pictures and snippets. And, you know, I, I have a, a very weird, stupid life. And I'm sure it's no weirder or stupider than anybody. But, you know, you know what they said about Mark Twain? They said, hey, Sam Clemens didn't know any more stories than anybody else. He just read them down. You just rid him down. That's... You just rid him down. You know, you gotta, you gotta let people know what's going on. You know. Well, uh, one of the stories I like that I've seen out of the trailer, and uh, the, you know, because the it doesn't drop till the 18th, so I haven't been able to see the whole movie. But uh, the trailer and out of the promotional stuff is how you you went into your 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 parents' uh, house and created a joke line. Let's. That, you know, people laugh at that. It's still going. It's it's 43 years later. Wow. It's 516-922-WINE, which is 516-922-9463. And what's really great is they used my house a couple of weeks ago to shoot part of the finale, the season finale, for the TV show Blue Bloods. Oh, yeah. And the star, and the star of Blue Bloods is Tom Selleck. Right. And one of the things that catapulted my joke line to where we're getting 15 or 20,000 calls a day, it's a, it's its own book. I started the line in 1979 when we started Comedy on Long Island. There was no comedy on Long Island. We got a restaurant to let us do a show there because I had an amplifier and speakers as a musician. There's nothing funny about Long Island. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the greatest place in the world. And... We started a show and I said, how are we going to advertise? We haven't got a nickel. And I got this idea. You know what I'll do? I'll get a phone line and I'll put on dirty jokes and then say where we're going to be that night. And then more dirty jokes, which all that is, is radio or television. Right. You know, a little, a little bit of content, a little bit of advertising, a little content, a little advertising. And the thing grew in leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. And Rick Dees in Los Angeles, who's the number one drive time uh, this jockey heard about this line and started using it on his show. And he claims he gave me credit, but it got dirty. I started making dirtier and dirty. And one day he finally called me up and said, Jackie, we, we love your joke line. It's so dirty. Can you make some jokes, especially for my show? And I said, sure. And he paid me and he named me Jackie, the joke man, Martling. Everybody thinks I did it. How it was Rick Dees of all people, the most white bread person yeah. in the world. But once he got a hold of the number, he told people in his listening audience, 516-922-9463, he told them that was Tom Selleck's home phone number. <laughs> <laughs> so it went through, of course, it's the most, but people are so stupid. Oh, I got to call Tom. Yeah, I'm calling Tom. <laughs> Hello, Let me tell you Tom? a dirty joke. He said, Tom, Tom, why are you telling us why the chicken's crossing the road, Tom? <laughs> They get laid by Colonel Sanders. Yeah, you go. Very good. Very. You you move fast. But that. But the thing's been great forever and ever. I mean, 
It's done so much wonder. My favorite thing, I've had it for all these decades. And I love when somebody comes up and says, you know what? I used to dial your number 20 years ago. And I said, take out your phone. And the great thing is everybody has a phone now. I say, take out your phone and dial a number. And they dial it. Hey, this is Jackie. You know how much I love it when you use your finger and dial 516-90. And they're like, oh, it's the same thing. It's like deja vu 20 years ago. You know, one of my favorite stories when uh, a radio show, when, when you're promoting uh, like the Oscars or the Grammys or something, a lot of times you go to L.A. and set up in a hotel like the Roosevelt Hotel in a huge ballroom. And all around the circumference of the ballroom is the station from Buffalo and the station from Kansas City and station from this way. A celebrity can walk around the perimeter and be on New all interviews. these different state. Right. Right. Rick Rubin, this is like 1987. He was Rick Rubin, but he wasn't Rick Rubin yet. He sat down and looked across the table, and the first thing out of his mouth was, Jackie, I called 922 Wine every morning before high school. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know him, you got to ask him if that's a true story. That's, I do, and I will. I think I, because he became so huge, but that was gold because you, you get a dirty joke and you're going to high school, you're going to work. You know, it's funny because guys that call up and they come in with and they walk into work and they tell their secretary a dirty joke. We change it every day. And and it was so impressive. And like this guy told me one day he walked into work and he started a joke and, and the secretary finished the joke. And she goes, I heard about that stupid joke line. <laughs> she cut his, cut his well, balls off. I'll, I'll tell you the the first time I heard, I did not know that it's, I was a senior in high school in 79. So that's, oh, oh, that's oh. I did not know that it started then, but I, I heard it for the first time in like 81 or 82. I was working at a campus radio station in Columbia, Missouri at the University of Missouri in the journalism school and KCOU, Columbia, Missouri, the uh, student uh, radio station. Our program director was from New Jersey. And he would call that every, he had the uh, afternoon drive shift and he'd call it every damn day. And that's when I first heard about it. And, and of course he'd had everybody laid out in the, in the seats and in, in, in the uh, booths in, in our offices. And then he would put it on the student radio station. It was, it was so great. You know, it was so, it was just so much fun. It was just so silly. And uh, you know, people, you know, people, they would leave, put their phone on uh on a speakerphone or something, and then leave their desk, you know, and then the thing would go off. And, Geez, you know. <laughs> now, when they call you the joke man, you know, there was a guy who was before you that I've heard you compare to on occasion, except I guess he was a little more clean <laughs> in, his, in his jokes, but Maury Amsterdam was called the human joke machine. Maury Amsterdam is part of the reason, and not I was already on my way to doing this, but I was literally, this is in my book. I was literally watching the tonight show. And when you're a kid or even now, you know, if you don't think about it and you don't know about it, like nobody knows Johnny Carson is reading his jokes off cue cards. Right. And once you know that you can watch him and you almost know where he is in his monologue by where his eyes look down because it pans from left to right. Cause he's looking down at the cue cards. All right. So Maury Amsterdam comes on the Tonight Show and Johnny says, you know, Maury, they say you got a joke for everything. He yeah. goes, all right, John, get, you know, give me a subject. And Johnny said, birds. And Maury Amsterdam said, why is a hummingbird hum? 
And Johnny said, why? He says, because he doesn't know the words. <laughs> and the place went nuts. And I said, look at that. That son of a gun has a joke for everything. And yeah. You think, you think about it. And two seconds before they go on the air, he says, Johnny, when I ask for a subject, say birds. You know, it's, it's yeah, that simple. <laughs> it's that simple, but you don't think about it, you know. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to be able to do that, but with dirty jokes. And I got to the point where, you know, I could almost do that. Before I did the actual stump the joke, man, I used to at the end of my show say, give me a subject and I'll give you a joke. But I learned to open the umbrella. Like if somebody said garlic bread, I'd say, okay, Italian food. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I really do know so many stupid jokes. And I tell my audience, you know, I really do know more than anybody. I really do. And uh, and some of them slip through the cracks. But what's really crazy is I'm 75 now and, you know, things start to fade. Like somebody will say, why the chicken cross the road? And I'll go, jeez, I used to know that one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. What can you do? <laughs> He's got a date with Colonel Sanders. I'm telling you. <laughs> so fun. So fun. So, but here's, you know, the one of the ones that I always heard the dirtiest joke ever. What comes to mind? The title. They, they say the aristocrats. Yes. But, but it's only, it's only as dirty as people make it. There are jokes exactly. that are, you know, much more foul or can be more foul and everything can be done cleaner, dirtier. You know, it's so funny because the guy, the main guy, it's too long a story, but where I, I heard that joke years after I got, I got a book in the mid seventies while I was still playing music and telling jokes. And we did everything to voraciously find jokes. And I found this book by this guy, Gershon Legman, and it was incredible. And then I got his other book, which is equally incredible. And searching something down in 1977 is not like now. Nope. And I got to be pen pals with this guy. He's in France. He's an expatriate that got ran out of the University of Pennsylvania because they didn't think collecting dirty jokes was viable. But of course it is. You know, it's it's history. So <laughs> and it's he, funny. <laughs> and, and it's funny. And it's, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. But the bottom line is it wound up I. Love the aristocrat jokes. And then I finally get to the last page of his second book because you can't read them in one. Se it's like the Bible. You can only handle so much. And not that I would ever read the Bible. Yeah, the, but, well, the Bible's good for dirty jokes, but that's another story. <laughs> but the last joke on the last page was the aristocrats. Now, this guy, Gershon Legman, his premise, his life's premise is you are totally defined by what you think is funny which is pretty astute. And all of a sudden he goes, and here's this joke that was told to me by a guy who was raised in squalor by two parents that battled for 40 years but refused to get a divorce because they wanted to stay together for the sake of the children. Which I said, <laughs> Jesus Christ, the guy just described my life. And that is my favorite joke. So I put that on my website. And then I put my version of joke on the website. And then Penn Gillette and Paul Provenza came to my house. Now, if you look at the poster for the aristocrats, every single person on that poster is three or four times more famous than me. But they put me in it and they said, Martin, we have to put you in the movie because we did a search on the web under the aristocrats. And we only got two hits and they were both your website <laughs> <laughs> because I had his version and I had my version. I, you know, as an homage to him, I made it the last joke on the last page of my joke book. 
And it's and it was just a, yeah, so much fun. We're gonna we're gonna take a short break and we'll stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, you. Yeah, you. We're talking to you, and we need your help. Seriously. As you probably know, independent journalism is a vital pillar of our democracy. Like everything else, it's not free. We're asking all longtime listeners of the show to help support us by becoming a member on Patreon. For the price of a latte, you can help guard democracy. Join us today at patreon.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast to help us keep bringing you the podcast you love and the facts you deserve. Hi, we're back. It's just asked. Ah! But that brings up a point. There's a lot of uh, talk today, and, and I'll be upfront with you. I disagree with the premise that there are certain taboo subjects today you can't talk about because of uh, certain sensibilities. Do and you want to know the, the funniest thing of all? The yes. most, the biggest irony of it all. <clears throat> it used to be you could talk about anything. You still can, but you, but you can't talk about going to the bathroom. Uh, Jack Parr got thrown off a of television because he referred to a WC, and all that meant was water closet, was a British expression for a porta potty or a bathroom, and he got bounced off a of television. But now, the only thing you can talk about. Is shit and diarrhea and farts because it doesn't offend as offensive as it is. Everybody, I don't care if you're a Mexican or a Jew or a midget or you can't say midget. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Everybody goes to the bathroom and it's funny right across the board. You know, as, as filthy as it is, everybody has a mother and everybody goes to the bathroom. You know, she doesn't have to be Jewish and she doesn't have to be Italian. You know, <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I, I haven't changed my, you know, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And for the most part, my jokes are, are poop and sex and, ju and just good fun, you know, and, and twists. Human nature <clears throat> is, is here, let me tell you, my, one of my favorite, I told this joke to Paul McCartney and he said, that's a good one, mate. <laughs> a that's guy, a bad Paul McCartney. A guy's a guy's going for a job interview, and the interviewer says, "What do you think is your biggest fault?" And the guy says, "Well, I think my biggest fault is my honesty." The interviewer says, "I don't think I honesty is a, I don't think honesty is a fault." He says, "I don't give a fuck what you think." <laughs> <laughs> Which is just that's just wise guy, smart ass, fun. You know, yes. that's just that's just fun. You well, know, nobody I, I think if it's if it's funny, it's funny. And if, like you said, you define yourself by what you, you know, by, by what you find funny. If it's funny, I don't care what the subject matter is. If it's funny, it's funny. I mean, I Billy Nichols say, made an entire career out of insulting people. If, if you're laughing, if you laugh and then you go, oh, that's mean, or you laugh and they go, oh, that's dirty, I win. Yeah. <laughs> if you say that's too dirty or that's mean, that's one thing. But if you're laughing and then when you're done laughing, you say, I don't like that. You're lying. Yeah. You, did, you did like that. You're laughing, you asshole. You know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's, and it's all, you know, I tell people, I, I don't care how offensive or not offensive, whatever's going on. If anybody thinks I'm up there on stage trying, all I'm trying to do is make people laugh as hard as I can make them laugh for an hour. You know, when people come out, they come up and say, 
I didn't know if I was going to like you. That is the hardest I've ever laughed for an hour in my life. To me, that is that's the most heavenly. You know, you know. Of course, it's like you're not going to buy a book, you cocksucker. But I, yeah, I but, yeah that's, a, that's the next thing you'd say. Hey, <laughs> that's 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 a thought bubble. But no, yeah. seriously, seriously, like you know, like so many people say, oh, there's older people here tonight. Little old gray-haired ladies come up and say, that's the funny. You're the funniest guy ever. You're, you know, if it's funny, they're having fun. You know. Nobody laughs harder at sex jokes and marriage jokes than 40-year-old couples, 50-year-old. I, I remember in the beginning when I used to do my jokes, people say, yeah, you better be careful. There's older people out there. But you're crazy. Who do you think laughs at the marriage jokes and the poop jokes and the diarrhea jokes? You got a kid that's 22 years old. He's on his first date. He's in the front row with a girl. You want to see somebody uptight, you know, all of a sudden you tell a blowjob joke. And if she and if she's laughing, he's like, I'm in. And if she's like, if she says, let's get out of here, you know, he's in trouble. Right? So those are the people that are worried, you know, not that, you know, so the you, marriage guys are laughing because they're getting them or they're laughing because they're not getting them, you know. <laughs> so if, can you still do the thing where if I if I give you a, a, a punchline, you can give me the whole joke? Often, often. Let me try. Can sure. I try? Uh, yeah, please. It's your show, you asshole. <laughs> hey, Rover, get out of here before the man shits all over you. Oh, that's great. And the guy goes to have dinner with his with his girlfriend for the first time at her parents' house, and he's got a fart. So he sees that the dog's under the table. So he lets it go. And uh, and the girl says, Rover, get out. Get out of there. Get out of there. And then the dog finds his way back under the table, and the guy's got a fart again. He says, what the hell? And he farts again. He says, Rover, Rover, get out of there. Get out of there. And the dog finds a way back under the table and the guy figures, what the hell? And he farts again. She says, Rover, get the hell out of there before he takes a shit on you. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is just so great. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know if you know this joke. This is a joke. This joke got 1.1 million views on TikTok. Now, I've got a couple hundred jokes on TikTok, and it's so funny. I don't know how well, I didn't know TikTok at all, but I had a whole, um, I had amassed hundreds of jokes from putting them on radio stations, and it's easier to send a joke as an iPhone video than an MP3. So I just record right. them as an iPhone video, and then the radio station uses the MP3, and sometimes they put the video on the website or whatever. <clears throat> so they had to be clean enough for radio. And when I first did, when I first did that, TikTok, they don't they don't sense they don't delete your joke if they don't like a joke they mute it they mute yeah. the joke so all of a sudden you're just there and there's no audio and they muted a joke because i used the word masturbate and then they muted a joke because i used the word dildo <clears throat> and neither of those words <clears throat> is those aren't dirty words there are words in the lexicon but the chinese people or whoever the hell's in charge over there didn't right. like those words so I said, you know what? I better dance carefully. And you wouldn't believe how filthy the jokes were. Like there's a joke that's maybe one of the filthiest jokes in the world. But if you tell it right, it flies past the Chinese senses. The girl, this isn't the one I was going to tell you, but the girl says to the guy behind the drugstore counter, I need to buy a dozen condoms. And he's, oh, you want to have a kid, huh? She says, no. My boyfriend doesn't want to get any poop on his rocket. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the dirtiest word in the world.
world, but poop, the, the, the Chinese censors aren't looking for poop and they're not looking for rocket. The rocket. <laughs> so, so listen to this one. I got away. This is the 1.1 million. 1.1 million and counting. A, uh, a guy uh, is buying a used motorcycle from his cousin. Have you heard this? Yeah, well, he says, if I heard it, I'll, I'll let you know. He says, my God, he says, your motorcycle's like new. I know it's a used motorcycle. How's it like new? Is because well, you know what? I got I got a tube of Vaseline, and whenever it's about to rain, I coat the chrome with a little Vaseline. That way, it doesn't tarnish, it doesn't rust, and look, it stays like new. You know what? I'm selling you the motorcycle. I'm here, take the tube of Vaseline. So the guy takes the tube of Vaseline, puts it in his pocket, goes to pick up his girlfriend on his new motorcycle, and they're going to go to her parents' house and have dinner, and he's going to meet them for the very first time. So she's on the back of the motorcycle. She's, you know, I think I should tell you something. My family's a little weird. You can't talk during dinner. Because if you talk during dinner, you got to do the dishes. He's like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> they get to his, her parents' house, the front lawn. Dishes are piled everywhere. And on the front porch, there's dishes. Dishes. They go in the living room. Dishes and dishes in the hall and the stairs going up. They haven't done the dishes in months. They sit down to eat. The whole meal, nobody talks. It's the end of the meal. The guy's a little horny. He figures nobody's going to say nothing. So he takes his girlfriend, lies her on the dining room table, and pops her right there. <laughs> nobody says nothing. He's still a little bit horny. And her mother's kind of cute, you know, so he grabs her mother <laughs> and puts her mother on the table and starts banging her mother. Nobody <laughs> says nothing. He's just about done. He looks out the window and starts to rain on his motorcycle. So he reaches his pocket and takes out the tube of Vaseline. Her father jumps up and says, all right, all right, I'll do the fucking dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now that is a killer. Now that is a killer. And I didn't, you know, I, I'll, all right, all right, I'll do the dishes. And I he popped her. You know, there were no dirty words in there. Yeah. You know, billion, a million. I, I just, it's just fantastic. And I stopped doing the TikTok jokes because I'm, I'm waiting until I can put the actual uh, address where people can download the, uh, the, the, um, Documentary. documentary. I, I, I want to use it to my own advantage. You know, I'm, I'm telling everybody we should promote it. You know, they say promote it leading up to it. But things are moving so fast nowadays. If you say, hey, in two weeks, download, you know, two weeks, and everybody's going to be dead. You know, it's better they say, right. hey, you can download it right now. You know, so we'll see what happens. But uh, but so I'm, with, I'm, I love telling you, I didn't know I was going to get to tell jokes. I love yeah, these of jokes. Of course. So you've got Rodney sitting behind you. <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite Rodney? And, and I'll tell you a Rodney story, but what's your favorite Rodney joke? My favorite Rodney joke is the joke that I sold him that <laughs> by his own admission is his best joke ever. And we had a little bit of a feud thanks to Howard making trouble. And I run into him and say, how, how can I be mad at you? You, got, you gave me my best fucking joke ever. What can I do? I'm telling you. Uh, this girl's ugly. She was so ugly. She was known as a two-bagger. That's a girl so ugly, you not only got to put a bag over her head, you got to put a bag over your own head in case her bag rips. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny Carson went right off the stool. He went right over. 
Hey, you know, I was, my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boombots. That's it. <laughs> my, and it was 1980, and we're walking along in Las Vegas. <clears throat> we were coked up and stoned. It was so late at night because I was with him in Las Vegas at the height of a gasoline shortage in 1980. All <clears throat> Las Vegas was dead. People weren't even going two exits, let alone to Las Vegas. And all the clubs were empty, and, and his shows were only like one-third full, and he was freaking out. So we walked next door to the MGM Grand. The place was empty. It was right next door to the Aladdin Hotel then. <clears throat> we're walking back, and on our way back, he says, you got to take a leak? And I said, well, you know how much beer I drink. I could always take a leak. And instead of walking into the hotel like two human beings, we walked we, we walk behind the lead. And the dumpsters were each the size of a small McDonald's, these huge dumpsters. And he walked up and just started pissing against one of the dumpsters. So I'm, what the hell? So I take it out, and I'm pissing over here at, you know, 45-degree angle to him. I'm pissing on another dumpster. He said, welcome to the big time. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, do you know how many times I'm going to tell that story? <laughs> All right. Well, have, then, a, have a fucking party. You now, know. John DeBellis tells another one. <clears throat> you know, John. I just I, I just ex exchanged texts with him a, a little while ago. He's yeah. Just, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's how I know you. He's a delightful guy. Delightful. Yeah. He's, he's, so John tells the story of being on stage <laughs> at Rodney's. And it's like his first time he's ever been there. And he's got like a two o'clock slot in the morning. And he's going to do five minutes, you know, his tight five. And all of a sudden he goes, here comes Rodney. And Rodney walks in and he's got a, a, a woman on each arm and he's, and he's trying to score cocaine. And he goes, you got any cocaine? How you doing? You got any cocaine? And he goes, um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is here. Rodney, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rodney Dangerfield, give it up for Rodney. Rodney, would you like to come up here and, you know, say anything to the crowd? And he goes, shut up, kid. You're doing fun. You got any coke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I know that's true. Yes. My favorite story about him, I you know wrote from a little while. He bought very few jokes, but he would call me up once in a while, out of the blue. Like he called me when Robert Klein was at his apartment one time, and it was really funny because he was so huge, and he hosted Saturday Night Live, and. I would never take it upon myself to go up to Tom Hanks and say, Tom, your last movie was pretty good. Now, who, who am I, right? Right. So Rodney calls me up and says, hey, did you see Saturday Night Live? And I said, yeah. What did you think? I said, you were great. You were unbelievable. Why the fuck don't you say something? Well, what do you think? I said, nobody said nothing. Nobody said nothing. I thought maybe I'd bomb. I said, Who's going to tell you? you did, of course, you're Rodney Dangerfield. Of course you did a great job. <laughs> so one day he calls me up. He says, I need some help here. I, I need a judgment call. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. This, this is this might be too strong. Tell me if this is too strong. Yeah, I get no respect. I got a parrot calls me Jew bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't know if it's too strong, but that's the funniest thing I ever heard. So I'm at the Friars Club 20 years later <clears throat> telling that story. And the next table over is an old Catskill comedian named Dick Capri, who's a delightful guy, he's still around. A lot of the guys have passed away, Stewie Stone, Freddie Roman, they've died. But Dick Capri is still going strong down in Florida. <clears throat> and he hears me tell that story and he leans over and he goes, Martling, not only did he wind up using that joke, it was his it was his signal joke. 
I said, what do you mean by that? He says, if you were at Dangerfields, like opening up for him or hanging out there, and downstairs was a little tiny dressing room with a little tiny speaker, and the show pumped through the speaker. And if you if you were in the dressing room getting a blowjob and you heard Rodney do that joke, you knew he was just about done. It's time to zip up and get that laugh there. <laughs> <laughs> And the guys I'm sitting with say, did you plan to say that? No, Capri, tell them. This is totally, I mean, that tale, that's the tale of the Friars Club right there. Yeah, it's a true story. In fact, you know, <laughs> I, I just love that. <laughs> Who are the characters? Now, when we take a look at this, uh, the documentary, and for those it's, uh, who wonder, it's coming out uh, July 18th. The name is Joke Man. Joke that's Man. Joke Man, two words, Joke Man. <clears throat> it's IKA Collective, uh, L-L-T-D-C-D-D, uh, and Ian Carr film. And I'm, you know, he just did such a great job. And a lot of people are in it. And uh, it's fun. Everybody seems to love it. Well, that, my question is, do you get in, I, since I haven't seen it, and uh, <clears throat> at the risk of telling you another story that you told me first, that's, that's, let's ask, the, let's, let's ask, do you get into some of your background as to what got you, who were you? Who were the comedians you admired and listened to growing up? Well, we talk about stuff, but I, I was not one of those guys. I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't a comedy fan per se. Like I, if I had a buddy in school would come and say, Hey, did you hear the late, latest Dayton Allen, Dayton Allen album or <clears throat> listen to this? This is really funny. And, you know, like when we were playing music in the seventies, you know, all of a sudden Bill Cosby had an album or, or, you know, Chris, Chris Rush, you know, like Robert Klein was the first guy, but you buy Robert Klein's album, you listen to it once and then you put it on the shelf. You don't listen again. <clears throat> I didn't study the only comic that I studied. If you want to use that word is I had every Red Fox album. Oh God. Because, yes. Not because I was necessarily a fan of his. I I'm a joke guy. And that's all Red Fox was tell joke after joke after joke, which is what I did. <clears throat> and I'd listen to his albums and I knew almost all the jokes he told. And one of the great things for me was there were two jokes about a little old lady in the butcher shop that I used to tell. And I got the bright idea one day, I'm going to tell the one and follow it with the other. And it'll be kind of a medley. And then I bought a Red Fox album and he did the same two jokes in the same order. I was like, I felt like I had cured cancer. Look at me. I think the way Red, I mean, it's so obvious. It's a woman in a butcher shop, you know, like it's more obvious. <clears throat> so a little lady walks in the butcher shop and all the chickens are hanging. And she goes up to a chicken and she lifts up a wing and, and she lifts up a leg and and she lifts up another wing and the butcher says, hey, lady, you think you could pass that test? <laughs> <laughs> so she goes up and says, I want a nice long island duckling. He's all right, lady. He brings back and comes out, brings out a duck. She unwraps it, sticks her finger in his ass, wiggles it, pulls it around. What are you doing? This duckling from Long Island, this duckling from Pennsylvania. He's hang on, lady. Goes back, gets another duck, brings it out, she unwraps it. Sticks her finger in his ass, wiggles around. No, no, no. This duckling not from Long Island. This duckling is from upstate New York. I want a nice Long Island duck. Hang on, lady. Brings out another duck. She unwraps it, sticks her finger in his ass, and wiggles it. And... 
Now that's a nice Long Island duckling. I'll take it. You can wrap it up. You know, you're certainly a nice young fella. Where'd you say you were from? He pulls down his pants, turns around, bends over. He says, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing funnier than Red Fox saying, you tell me. It's like, <laughs> like, like one syllable, you tell me. <laughs> you t- but, uh, and now Red Fox, this, the story in my household when I was growing up, my mom and dad would have parties and they would play like uh comedy albums but it was always bob newhart woody allen stuff like that and then after the squares left after <laughs> and <laughs> just their close friends left they'd put on the red fox albums and we would they re- they'd reach under the counter and pull, yes, out, the pull out the red, and the red fox oh. and we right. would and sit, I, I would sit in my bedroom and laugh my ass off at red fox oh he, he was just great and <clears throat> one of the first things i ever did uh was Red Fox's dirty, dirty jokes. It was a, it was a uh, video that uh, video that was shot in Los Angeles, and Dice Clay was on it. And Dice still says that 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 video was what launched him. It was Dice Clay and a guy named Robert Schimmel, who was so crazy, oh, and yeah. so dirty, and so off the wall. He he passed away, <clears throat> and a couple other people. But it was Red Fox's dirty, dirty jokes, and you know. He introduced everybody in the, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, here's the inventor of Dial of Dirty Joke, Jagged Marlin. And I, this is one of my favorite things in the world. And then, you know, before the show, like I had an album out already, you know, and they said, I read, this is Jackie Marlin. I said, hey, Jackie Marlin, I know about you. I heard about you and your albums. Because, you know, yeah. I was the new kid on the block. You know, he, he was the one with the Dirty Joke albums. All of a sudden, there's another guy with Dirty Joke albums. <laughs> like, but, yeah, you know, you don't. You can't have the whole market, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but he was great. He was great, man. You know it, what? His fa- they said Red Fox's favorite joke was, "Did you hear about uh, the Polish gangster? His career was managed by three black musicians." <laughs> 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 Which is just too great. <laughs> it's just so so hip. Oh God. He did a, I saw him in concert one time. He did a, he did like 15 minutes of like, uh, we used to call him dirty Bobby jokes about, you know, the little kid in school. And he did. Oh, good. <laughs> dirty Johnny. Yeah, I, I always did a million. They're so great. You know, Willie, me and Willie Nelson email jokes back and forth every couple of weeks. And, you know, he, he called him uh, little Jimmy, little Jimmy. Yeah. And, uh, and they all have a different has, name, but it's the same guy. It, it's, that, it's that same little wise ass kid, you know. <clears throat> You know, I got a joke that I tell, and some nights it brings the house down, and some nights they're staring at me because they think that they think there's going to be more. Right. And I'll tell you. See what you think. The uh, the FedEx guy knocks on the door, and the door opens. And there's a little kid, and he's naked except except for his underpants, and he's smoking a joint. On the other hand, he has a half full bottle of Jack Daniels. And the FedEx guy says, "Kid, is your mother home?" And the kid says, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and I tell that joke sometimes in the middle of nowhere, and they look at me like, yeah. But no, no, that's it. That's the that's joke. It. That's it. It's, a, you it's fucking an attitude. Think? It's all attitude. What do you think? You fucking, I'm nuts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever told a joke and gotten an unexpected reaction, positive or negative, that just floored you that you, you didn't <clears> expect? You know, all the time, the way I I do it is 
I tell jokes that I think are really, really funny, and I'm a pretty good judge, and usually the audience agrees. But if there's, if there's a joke that I don't think is especially that good, but they roar at it, or, you know, like I have jokes in my act that I can't believe they don't see it coming, but they don't. And yeah. it surprised me for 40 years. It surprised me every time when they laughed at that. So, and if I think a joke's really, really great and they don't really laugh that hard, sometimes I, I just throw it in anyway for myself. You know, some jokes are so silly. There's, there's two bananas, right? Two bananas are lying on a riverbank in the sun. And all of a sudden a turd comes floating down the river. And the turd yells to the bananas, hey fellas, come on in, the water's fine. One banana looks at the other banana and says, do you believe that shit? <laughs> <laughs> that is the definition of stupid, but that's so funny, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> But, you know, that's that's taste. If somebody doesn't laugh at that, I don't get mad at them. It's like, you know, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you, you get a little you get a little outside. So you're looking for something silly to laugh at, you know. Well, that's uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. We're going to do a real quick commercial break and we, <laughs> we're selling the product, baby. So <laughs> but when we come back, I want to ask you about that, because there's something that is in the promo for this movie. I really wanted to ask you. So stick around and we'll be right back. Hey, Just Ask the Question podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not found anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast. Oh, I'm telling you, we're back. You know, it's a tough room, but we're here. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, that was an ugly child too, you know. Anyways, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had so many pimples. The blind kids use me for braille. But uh, this, <laughs> that you might you know. <laughs> you know, it, when you do that imitation, it's almost it's almost like Henny Youngman is right in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I had someone one time who said, "Oh yeah, that, I I love Henny Youngman." He's like, "I go, that's not Henny. That's not even how Henny Youngman crafted it." No, no, no. Of course not. Of course, but that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> but that's my favorite of Rodney. It still remains to this day. My favorite is uh, um, he's he says, "Yeah, I went to my proctologist. He used to be a a photographer." He said, "Bend over and say cheese." <laughs> which is so ridiculous i know that's right you know and it's it's just too fun it's just too fun they're all too fun well you that know. brings me to but what one of the funniest thing he said on the tonight show and nobody in the audience laughed and everybody in the band fell off their chairs tell johnny you know i've been drinking you know i, I drink too much you know you know when you're drinking too much you wake up in the morning and there's a kid with an accent at your feet. <laughs> like, like, that's just, the band screamed. They screamed. Like, a kid with an accent, play with your feet. Be play with your feet. 
I'm telling you. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I'll 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 tell you what. That's here's how Rodney helped me out covering the White House, and I, we won't dip too much. We've stayed away from politics, but you'll appreciate this. I watched Donald Trump walk out of the uh, uh, west uh, out of his you know the Oval Office, walking to Marine One, the helicopter. And it was during the first six months of his administration, and he wasn't talking to reporters much at all. We'd sit out there and wave and shout questions at him. That day, he walked out with that suit on that he likes to wear. The red, which is the that's the Rodney Dangerfield it's, outfit, it, and exactly. And he walked out, and his hair was blowing. And for the life of me, he looked like Rodney. And so he's walking away and he's not saying anything. So I yelled at the top of my voice. I said, hey, I'm telling you, Mr. President, it's a tough room, you know. And he, <laughs> and he turned around and came back and took our questions. And I, so I have no one but myself to blame for chopper talk because I started it by yelling Rodney Dangerfield at, at Trump. So I, I always wondered if that was by design. Or if he know. I went with Rodney to Las Vegas. And I took pictures of all the booze in his room because he gave it all to me. And I took pictures of his son and his daughter. But his closet had like six or eight black suits, white tie and a red uh, yeah. white shirt, red tie, black suit, white shirt, red tie, red tie, all in a line. And I didn't. It was the most iconic Rodney picture you could ever imagine. And I didn't Did, take a picture. Oh, my of goodness. It. I could I could see it in my mind's eye, you know. Well, that was, you know, they used to say Einstein had one suit. It was a tan suit. And he and they asked him, why do you have just one suit? And he goes, I don't like to waste my time thinking about what I'm going to wear. I, and I'm sure that was exactly the same with Roddy. I wear the same crap. They, you know, not, I'm not comparing myself to them, but like who the hell was? Hey, you know who loved dirty jokes more than anybody in the world? Albert Einstein. Einstein. Yeah, Einstein <clears throat> did. Yeah. And now that before it became public knowledge that he was a womanizer and loved girls and had sex with his cousin and all that. <clears throat> when I heard a guy whose grandfather was a world famous, uh, not rabbi, what do you call it? A cantor, a world famous cantor. And he was friends in the turn of the century with, you know, like Enrico Caruso and, and the New York Yankees, you know, the, the hoi polloi of New York. And one of his best friends with Albert was Albert Einstein. This guy came up and said, I got to tell you this, Jackie, because my grandfather told me this because Albert Einstein was one of his best friends. Albert Einstein loved dirty jokes. And Albert Einstein's favorite joke was, my dick isn't that big, but I love every foot of it. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? <laughs> oh, an Albert Einstein joke. Hey, what are you going to do, you know? <laughs> so there is something that in, in the promo for this movie that I really like, and it's that, that humor is one of the keys to happiness. Uh, so it, that Now, this is a sentence. Joke Man is a universal story of self-discovery and how humor is one of the keys to happiness. How how so for you? Because for me, it keeps me sane. That music keeps me sane. You know, I don't know. Humor, schmoomer. You know, the minute people start discussing comedy or humor, I want to put a bullet in my head. Because right. the minute you start the conversation, it ceases to be funny. But laughter... It, it, which, you know, if you want to extrapolate laughter, yeah. <clears throat> making people, I, I don't know why standing on stage and making people laugh makes me or anybody feel so good. 
It does. But you, it just does. It's like hitting your hand with a hammer and it feels good when you stop, you know, just so you just stop. You just do what feels good. I never got to the bottom of it. You know, people say, oh, we're all bottomless pits and you can't fill it up and you can't be satisfied. <clears throat> but I'll go on stage to 800 people and kill them for an hour and I'll feel like a million bucks. But if it's been a couple of days and I go in a local post office and I say something funny and Larry, the guy behind the counter, laughs, that's the same magic. Yes. People don't understand. It's like it, it, it's the same endorphin. Thank you. Or, you know, or I go out to, you know, I used to stay in there at the bar with a bunch. That's how I wound up knowing all the jokes. It was making people laugh. That was my heroine. You know, I just loved it. I was always the last guy standing, telling jokes, telling jokes, telling jokes. And I just really, really love it. When I started telling jokes on stage, <clears throat> I had been a musician and I knew I wasn't going to make any money as a musician. So I, what was I going to do? I certainly wasn't going to get a job. <laughs> so I started telling jokes. And I went from being a guy who played songs and telling jokes to being a guy who told jokes and played songs. And my whole first year, I went on stage with a guitar. But slowly but surely, just the guitar faded away. Just like you know, Jack Benny and, you know, W.C. Fields was a juggler and Jack Benny was a, a, a fiddle player, you know. And I just, I just live, live to make people laugh. I just, and now, you know, every joke, my jokes are so handpicked. If a joke doesn't do that well, I literally, I literally say to the audience, peep, people, I know these jokes are funny. I'm testing you. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you paid your money to watch me. If you don't laugh, who's the asshole? I don't think it's me, to tell you the truth. You know? Well, no, I, I, people are, are scared to laugh sometimes and nothing to me is more, uh, fulfilling than good laughter and i'll tell you this as you know as a guy who's done stand-up myself as you know i i and never passed the middle you know stage but afterwards when you're on the road and you're out with a bunch of comics and you're going to you know denny's or something afterwards you know because you all get together after the show or maybe it's the late night pub and you're sitting around sitting around talking and nothing made me or still makes me happier than making comedians laugh. You can get you know, them to laugh. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, it was always the greatest, the greatest, the greatest. We, you know, when we first started doing comedy, there was like seven or eight of us on Long Island. We were all really good friends. And I remember Bob Woods, he's this big fat guy who passed away a long time ago. He said, you know, when you know you're a comedian, it's the third night that week that you're on the George Washington Bridge and it feels normal. You know, because <laughs> you're going to Jersey and the time in the car. And in those days, we drank so much. I, It's a miracle. I mean, we would drink so much beer before we even got there. <clears throat> Times were so fun. And me and my buddy, Peter Bales, we started together in like 1979. And he was at the comic ship in Manhattan. So his peers were like Jerry Seinfeld and Paul Reiser and Dennis Wolfberg and Carol Liefer. And Larry Miller, the, the whole hoi polloi, for, yeah. the whole group from the comic strip. And I was the Long Island guy, but he's from Long Island. So we tell these stories and tell these stories. And we always say there's nothing more fun. And when we have another comic come on as a guest live afterwards, we go to when it's just the two of us, we go for a hamburger and shoot the breeze. But we have another comic. We go to a diner. And get the fries with the stupid gravy and sit there, you know, till they come over and say, you know, you guys were trying to close up. <laughs> you know, you get <laughs> more. And I remember 
when Robin Williams first got really, really famous, I remember reading everything. And I, one of the things I read in, in the interview with him, he said, you know, it's so great being rich and famous, but you know what I really miss is being in the car with the guys. And that was such a great thing to read. When I heard the aristocrats, and when I heard that joke about rah, I shit myself, both of those jokes were told in the same car ride. And I was driving and Bob Nelson was sitting shotgun and Ab Adam Leslie was in the back. And the guy who told those jokes was a British mag magician slash comedian whose name was Martin Lewis, which is oh, such Lord. a great name. Lord. And he's still, he's still up and running in, in California. And he told two of my favorite jokes in the world. It's a miracle I didn't drive off the road. You know, I know <laughs> you, you can't reinvent that that fantasticness. It's always funny. We'd be working at the comic strip in Fort Lauderdale. In the beginning, there were four guys on the show. At the end of the show, we'd all be lined up, you know, and people come in and come out and say, oh, you were so good. And be four guys, one, two, three, four. And they say, oh, you were so funny. And, and you were so funny. And they'd look at the next guy and Go to the next. You were saying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you and, and you were good too. You know. Oh yeah, so yeah, fun. yeah. I forgot to tell you, you were good too. Uh, <laughs> no, that's. <laughs> so oh. we're gonna we're gonna close talk a little bit more about the 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 uh, movie. Uh, tell me exactly what it is that you think that this movie uh, tells about you that we don't know. What is it that you think is important about it? Uh I want people to come away from the movie realizing that I'm a really decent guy, a really nice guy, because Howard Stern painted me in a million different ways. You know, he painted me as as an angry old man. And it's really funny because if I tell you you're angry and you go, no, I'm not. Well, then you're angry, you know. And, now, the answer to that is, of course I am. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and you also told the world I was so cheap. And my friends would hear that and they'd be like, you've got to be the most generous person on the planet. What's he talking about? He said, well, he knows that it makes me crazy. So that's a button. He's just smart enough to push that button. You know, I would have a party here at Chokeland and have 200 lobsters for the gang. And then on Monday, he said, you hear Jackie, that cheap bastard didn't have enough butter for the lobster. <laughs> and, and his audience is like, yeah, he's a cheap bastard. You know? <laughs> so I just want to, and then I want people to come away knowing uh, that that I had a pretty major role in the success of that show, and so a lot of people know that, but a lot of people don't. And it's it's not it's not bragging, and it's not giving Howard a hard time or giving anybody a hard time. It's just laying out the cards exactly the way they were. Do you two talk we, anymore? We we send each other, you know, happy birthday, you old fuck. Yeah, you're old too. You know, yeah, happy no, birthday, you old fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that we just say happy birthday, and that's implied. Yeah, but, you know, people say, are, are you guys still friends? If you haven't seen somebody in 20 years or 15 years, you can't really call each other friends, but there's no animosity or anything. You know, I went on the show one time. Uh, with well, my it's girlfriend. like the Beatles. You were comparing yourself to the Beatles. That's kind of how the Beatles were. They were, you know, together and it was a magical moment and they weren't. Right, right. And what, what not necessarily any animosity between right. John and Paul, you find out later, was created because it made good, good press. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, I had a show on Howard 101 with Ian uh, until 2014. So that was uh, not that long ago. And I it, when my girlfriend Emily and I were still going out, I actually w went in and uh, was on the show. And that's probably 10 years ago. So, you know, uh, 
you know, all's fair, all's fun. You know, I, I he could definitely, if he dropped me a check, I'd probably cash it. But aside <laughs> from that, you know, but all it was, uh, it was, uh, it was the, the greatest ride, the greatest ride in the world, you know. Well, and so. the name the name of it is the Joke Man, correct? No, no, it's the Joke, Joke Man, Jackie Joke Martin, Man. Joke Man. You haven't heard the, this it, one. The slug, yeah, that's the slug line. You haven't heard this one, and, and that's uh, the that alludes to the story, the whole story. The release date is July 18th. It's a 75-minute film. Director Ian Carr and at jokemanmovie.com if you want to look it up. And it's All the information, jokemanmovie.com. Very simple, very simple. Any other plugs you want to give, Jackie? I could do this. I mean, we could sit here and tell jokes for hours, but... Well, uh, I will I will do this. I'll tell you what, I'd like to do it again when, the, when it's actually up and running. Absolutely. I'd appreciate that, but uh, believe it or not, I answer every, I get emails from, like I said, from 20-year-olds, I get them from 70-year-olds, <clears throat> I get them from people that say, you know, I'm 65 and I listen to the show every day and now uh, my kids all listen to the reruns and, it, you know, I get the nicest emails, but I answer all the emails that I get. And well, I'll tell you this. Is, I, I, it's, you. It, let me say, it's Jokeland at AOL.com, J-O-K-E-L-A-N-D at AOL.com. And I send people, you know, a picture of Willie Nelson holding up my book and I send them a bunch of jokes and I say, thank you. And people, the first thing they say is, I can't believe you wrote back. And I write back, what the fuck else am I going to do? You know. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the phone number for the, for the joke that's still out there? 516-922-WINE, which is 516-922-9463. Nine four six three. Let me let me tell you an amusing anecdote. As really yes. Digest used to say, "Have you got an amusing anecdote? An amusing story?" In the very beginning, when God created heaven and earth, there were two comedy channels. There was Ha, and the other one I think was called uh, maybe it was called Comedy Channel. But there were two competing yeah. channels for a couple of years. They eventually had to merge, and there was a show on one of them called Short Attention Span Theater. Oh, I remember 15, that. 15 minutes uh, show. And the time I was on, Joe Bolson, very, very funny comic, also started with Peter Bales and Seinfeld and them. He, it was his show for however long, and I did Short Attention Span Theater. <clears throat> now, in the old days, like when the Playboy Channel started or when the Cooking Channel started or when Ha started, they didn't have any programming. So if you did a show, they reran it. And re I did a show with Bobby Flay where we cooked some hamburgers or something. And they played it every 10 minutes on the Food Channel or Food Network, whatever it was, because they didn't have anything else to play. So I did this the show with Joe Bolster. And while I'm doing the show, they chiron underneath. Instead of 516-922-WINE, they chiron... 1-800-922-WINE. Now, if you were around back then, you know that in the early days, if you had an 800 number for your business, you paid for every call that came in. Like if I'm selling shoes and you called Jackie's shoe line, I'm paying for your call. That's the I know where this works. is going. <laughs> so, so they Chiron 1-800-922-WINE I get home and Nancy says, 
you better call this number. This guy is freaking out. And I call the guy. He, he was a guy in California who had a business and they sold rain gear, like rubbers and raincoats and umbrellas. And his 800 number was 1-800-922-WIND. <laughs> and of course, D and E are on the same, the same number, 1-800-922-WIND. And I said, don't worry, I'll take care of it. They made a mistake. They're so short-staffed, the last thing they're going to do is go in and take that short attention span theater and re-edit it just to change that. And they play it every five minutes and all the guy call again, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I said, I can't do anything. They won't change it. Oh, it's just so funny. <laughs> I think it costs them a lot of money because people think they're calling up to hear a dirty joke. Oh, Jesus. So <laughs> they call up and heard about rubbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so not the great. fun kind. <laughs> you know, I never went back and looked at you. Know, it's been way too long. It would have been really fun. To find out if that, you know, what that guy's business was. He could be a millionaire right now, but that could have put him right out. Or you could have helped him make guys. a lot of sales. Well, I didn't yeah. get a dirty joke, honey, but you need an umbrella? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, related sales, you know. You might as well put, you know, you sell him some tampons. Well, you might as well buy a lawnmower. There's nothing happening in your house. <laughs> well, maybe you could use that lawnmower. That's yeah, about right, ladyscaping. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going. That's, it's going down fast. But yeah, uh, it it has to. Yeah, there you go. Also, so, so I'm on TikTok. So it's TikTok.com slash at Jackie Martling. And believe it or not, I make a real lot of money with Cameo. There's a thing called Cameo.com slash Jackie Martling. And some people charge a hundred thousand dollars. I charge seventy five bucks. You call up and say, "Hey, my father's a big fan." He loves Jewish jokes. He likes poop jokes. He's an old Howard fan. You know, lay into him a little. His name is Harry and it's his 50th birthday. And so I hit all the bullet points that they say and they pay me and they tip me and I make, you know, and it's the same thing as making the guy in the post office laugh. I'm sitting there telling jokes into the iPhone, laughing my ass off and I should be paying them because I'm enjoying <laughs> myself telling the stupid jokes, you know. Did you ever, who's the, who's the most famous person you ever made laugh? <clears throat> probably, probably Paul McCartney. Uh, and he laughed pretty hard. Um, but the, the way you make people like making Willie Nelson laugh is, is always made me feel good. You know, I got in stone with him five or six, seven times and we sit there on the bus and, and. Well, well that would be what in, in an hour. <laughs> no, no, we, we cruise right along, you know, it's so funny because I'm sitting there talking to him and we're smoking pot. And he starts telling me, yeah, when uh, when I worked with Ray Price, I was the bass player. But I used to warm up the crowd and I would go out with a guitar and play a song or two and tell dirty jokes. And my mouth dropped. I said, Willie, that's what I did for 10 years before I was a comic. I played guitar and told dirty jokes and we were lit. I said, we're the same guy. Only you have a couple hundred million more dollars. <laughs> but he's such a delight. And, then, you know, there's people. He still has my battle. favorite line. One of my favorite lines ever in theater. Do you ever see the movie Electric Horseman? I'm sure I have. But what, which line? He's, he yeah. plays uh, Robert Redford's friend. And Robert Redford I, runs I away. I think I know what you're going to say. 
I'm going to hook up with one of those Keno girls. Look, and suck, suck the chrome off a trailer hitch and <laughs> kick back. <laughs> you know, she, she could suck, suck a golf ball through a, through a soda straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so great. He's so great. I just love him. I just love him. Yeah. So, the, okay. Well, listen, we'll do this again in a few weeks when, when the movie comes out. But I really, it's always a pleasure having you, man. It's just to have a laugh. I, I really do enjoy it. So, well, thank- and, and uh, I hope the jokes weren't too off color. But if they weren't, if they email me, I'll tell you one more. I, I got off stage. I was with the, what was, what's his name? Uh, uh, one of those English bands. And we were having a great time. And I was with Les Paul and, and, and Mark Hudson who's a great character. And we're in the green room. We come out and the place is still packed. The Iridium in Manhattan. The place is packed and I'm trying to get through. And this guy comes up and says, Jackie, I know you're looking to get out of here. And I know you heard every joke in the world, but I've been a fan for 40 years and I always wanted to try this joke on you. And I said, listen, I've listened to every joke of the guys ever told me every night of my life because you never know when one slipped through the cracks. Right. Brian, this guy told me a joke that's too dirty for my act because, and you'll see why. If I don't tell jokes about Jesus Christ, I could care less about Jesus Christ. But if it makes people go, ooh, and it slows them up for two seconds and they miss the first line of the next joke, that joke's no good to me. So I don't do that. So this joke is too dirty because people think about it and go, ooh. <laughs> but, but you can tell the joke on AM radio and you can tell the joke to your five-year-old son or your six-year-old cousin. Imagine that. Too dirty for my act, but you tell it to a kid. A girl calls the doctor and says, Doc, I got diarrhea. Can I take a bath? He says, if you got enough. I'll leave you with that. Well, and thanks for leaving me with that. (laughs) I appreciate you, Brian. I appreciate that from me and from uh, uh, Maggie Simpson, who set this up and Ian and Ronnie, we, we appreciate the the press and and the fun. And I love making you laugh and we'll do this more. That sounds at always anytime. The name of this show is just ask the question. I am your host, Brian Karam, Jackie Martland. Thanks for being with us. And uh, the name of uh, one more time, the name of the movie, and you can see it at uh, jokemanmovie.com. The name of the movie, Jackie Martling's joke, man. You haven't heard this one. Watch the movie. It comes out on the 18th and we'll be back next time. Thanks for joining us. It is just ask the question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and see you later. <laughs>